Welcome to Thirst Impressions. I'm Spencer. Today we're talking about peace goes and promises. Hi, I'm Kevin. I'm Belinda. And I am Will. Who's ready to drink an egg? I'm excited for this one. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how much I mean how much I'm gonna like it, but that's okay. You don't have to like it. Sorry. It's it's an adventure, right? And I remember the first time I had my Pisco, first person Pisco sour. And um, I don't remember where it was. Do you remember where it was, Kevin? I remember Kevin was there and I remember being dazzled. I was like, this is amazing. It's so good. Um, I think it was at HS, so HSL, maybe downtown Salt Lake. It probably was. Yeah. I think that was a lot of where we did our early, uh, you know, exploratory drinking, um, which was a great place to start, actually, because they had some really great uh, bartenders there. They probably still do, but we don't go around there very often, especially since COVID. So. All right, let's make one. Mm, okay, I remember thinking like, oh, it has an egg white in it. Okay, I'll try it. Um, so, Pisco. Pisco is from, Kevin? Peru. What is Pisco? Uh, Pisco is actually, uh, basically there's eight types of varieties of grapes uh, that can be used to make Pisco. Uh, and sometimes they're blended or sometimes it'll be a single varietal um but it's basically they make the wine and then you know and early on before they store it or anything then they distill the wine and in order to be peruvian pisco um, it has to be distilled in a copper pot and it can't ever be stored in um any kind of barrel, any barrel. Any, any anything that would give add flavor dimension to it so like you notice in the bottle it's clear uh, just like a vodka or gin or something. Um, so a similar process there. But um, there's actually Pisco, uh, black, black market Pisco, they call it, from, um, you just told Chile. me. Yeah. Chile. Yeah, Chile. Chile, that's right. Um, but, They're at war uh, with one another. The, there was kind of a legal battle and Peru won, allegedly. So uh, they're the ones that get to officially call it uh, Pisco. So it's kind of like but, champagne, so. where champagne's officially from yeah, a certain exactly. place, but then you can get uh, Prosecco. Or, or Port, or um, what's the other? Uh, cognac. Yeah. Uh, they're oh. all from different regions and right. have to be made in a certain way in order to qualify to be yeah. called that. It's kind you of know, similar to grappa, if you've ever had grappa, uh, like no. a grape. Uh, distilled spirit i was um, trying to explain to someone the flavor and now that you say grape whenever i smell it that's what i've been smelling i told someone it, it oh. had notes of like raisins and like a little bit of my my spice. roommate my roommate was thinking a like like a dark cherry type of flavor yeah dark cherry raisins i Ooh, can I, totally smell that i can smell that yeah for yeah sure. you can smell hmm. the grape so raisin. so here in utah we really only have about two options when you go to the liquor store or for pisco uh, either this brand that I have called Lagia, uh, or the brand that uh, Will has that has a bottle that looks like the Easter Island statue. Will's got the big or... black bottle. So. <laughs> I had to get the cool looking bottle, so I had an option. But... Yeah. You, you had two options, yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, there's only 10. Uh, they, they, one, of, one of the brands that uh, Belinda and I recently learned about um, there's only 10 states that they even distribute in right now. Um, so Pisco's, well, it's not new to the United States. It's relatively new when it comes to like mass distribution. It's been popular for several decades in like 
San Francisco or New York or places like that. But to come to places like Salt Lake, it's a, a relatively new thing. So yeah. do you guys want to take a sip? Let's take a sip. Just well, try gonna, it out. I, I had a Spencer, little taste. I'm good. How did you like it? <laughs> now that I think about it as distilled wine, it it's changed my perception a little bit. But at first I was like, what the fuck is this? This does not taste great. I'm doing a little teeny tiny sip. Ooh. Little Actually, teeny tiny. Love it. Peruvians drink it neat, usually out of a, a shot glass, they said. Um, so but they don't they don't shoot it, they sip. They just sip it out of a little yeah. glass um, or a wine glass. Um, or they have a, like a, a Moscow Mule adjacent cocktail they make. What was the uh, name of that? It, was, it sounded sort of so good. C, but I can't it's remember like a something like uh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. or sorry uh, not the cachaca but uh, the caipirinha or whatever not here, I'll tell you, <laughs> i have it in my google history i've had cachaca that's we could do an episode yeah let's that. do that uh, for yeah. sure um no and it's just like uh ginger ale and lime juice and this uh, pisco and yeah. all together um I will tell but, you. And, and um the woman from peru was talking about how that's actually the most popular drink prop, most popular cocktail of peru uh but the national cocktail is the pisco sour so does the u.s have a national cocktail then budweiser bud light <laughs> yeah. god damn it or a yeah, pbr damn it uh I right. that's a good question well i don't know old-fashioned maybe i don't know yeah i was thinking just like like whiskey neat or something i've, I've actually heard that uh, more tequila is drunk and consumed as a margarita in the U.S. than any other place. So you could probably even say margarita, but moonshine, right? Oh yeah, moonshine. Sure. Margaritas, man, yeah. I love them. All right, we so should... how do we, how do we make one of these? So let's start with our pisco. Oh. Uh, let's do two ounces or two parts, depending on uh, like how heavy your pour is for tonight. Two okay. ounces of pisco or two parts pisco. Let, let me give you uh, Kevin's tip. Only the tip. Just the tip um, with Kevin. Just the tip. Um, if you pre-crack your egg, like I did, and then you pour in your alcohol and let it sit for a while, don't look at it before you shake yeah. it. I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. Also, don't use like the pasteurized egg garbage in the thing. It It'll looks, be nasty. It looks like a cum, uh, cup of cum is, is what you're saying. Ugh, it it does. does. And it's just, it. sometimes it just <laughs> is going to smell weird and like... It's yeah, I kept awesome. I kept the egg separate. Nice. Yeah, that was a good call. Yeah, I figured. So we got I, two ounces of pisco. Okay, and then we are gonna do um, an ounce of. They use limon in Peru, which is kind of like a key lime sort of. Um, but you can use lemon, or you can use lime, or you can mix the both, or key limes. Right, that will all work. Yeah. And do you have your your egg in there, Will? I don't. All right, so we got so we got three fourths of an ounce lime, Citrus, two ounces yeah. of pisco, and then mm -hmm. an egg. Uh, an oh, ounce of your syrup. Oh, what, Kevin? An ounce of simple syrup. Yeah. An ounce of simple syrup, and then the egg. Yep. And then your egg white, just the white, oh. please only the white, and do not put the yolk in there. Yeah, if you're using, I mean, if you're cracking an actual egg, it takes a little technique. So we'll show you how to do that. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So throw right. your egg white in there, and, and once you got all that in there, shake, right? This is we are doing a dry shake first of all. Yeah. Oh, this is a dry shake. This is a dry shake. So oh, no I ice thought in your. Was, no I thought ice. it was a wet shake. Oh, it will be in a second. Oh. So, okay. oh. but we're gonna dry shake first. Okay. Get it oh. really aerated. That egg in there. 
You don't want try. slimy egg bits in your cocktail for sure. Oh, for it's sure. Just, it's supposed to taste kind of creamy. Don't, kind don't of give like, me this God. visual. Spencer, <laughs> it's, it, it starts dry and then after you work it a while, it's wet. Oh, then it gets a little That's wet. Right. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. All right. So wait till you see this beautiful foam that comes out of here. It should come out frothy and beautiful. So side note, if you don't like eggs, you can use aquafaba. Mm -hmm. which is bean juice but that sounded even more reprehensible to me so i, I opted not to or if, if you really just can't even deal with that a little the littlest bit of pineapple juice will actually create a nice foam as well and and is for me always a nice flavor so in peru they use chuncho bitters usually but uh, this woman on our podcast said that in uh, Southern Peru, where the bitters are not so widely available, mm -hmm. they sprinkle cinnamon on top. So that's what oh, I'm really? going to do. I'm just going to give that a do, shot. Do you know what the chuncho bitters are made from? No. Is it bugs? <laughs> it's bugs. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I can't remember what they're called. They're maybe called chuncho, chuncho I've bugs. I've seen recipes say Agnostora bitters as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, any any sort of bitters. And so if what you can do is you can drop little droplets on top and drag a toothpick or a, you know, a cocktail pick through it and design some cute little swirls in it. They make uh, it all cute when you go to the bars. Pink. You can see, uh, well, hers is, yeah, hers is pink because of the raspberry, but mm -hmm. I was going to say it comes out, you know, fairly light in color. True. Um, but has that nice foamy bit on top. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. It, all, it almost tastes like, uh, not like a milkshake, but it's almost like, if you get that good thick foam on it, it's almost like a dessert. It's it's delicious. Uh, Spencer's Spencer's uh, really into it. Uh, <laughs> I'm noticing mine's medium thick. <laughs> I'm just inside joke. Sorry. Oh, I always like yeah. to drink things that are medium. No, thick. I think that's really good. You like that, Will? I do like that. And that's, you can see there can there is there is kind of the mental thing of like. Oh, fuck, there's an egg white in there. A raw egg, yeah. indeed, right? Yeah. If, if it Not those hard-boiled things. <laughs> Floating on top. <laughs> um, if it bugs you a lot, um, like I said, the the pineapple juice is a nice option, too. And and it tastes, the pineapple juice goes along really nicely with the, with the sour, so. I'll have to try that. I love how the foam, like, slowly floats to the top, and it looks just so pretty. Mm. Yeah, that is really good. There's an aesthetic there. I love it. It's it's almost like orange Julius, like I mean, without yeah. any orange whatsoever. But yeah, yeah, it definitely tastes like that. It, I was it never an orange Julius guy because of the idea of milk and orange juice. To me, just was just well, like uh. orange right. ju orange Julius's. At least when I was a kid, and my mom would make them, she would put eggs in them. Oh, yeah, oh. I remember that in the blender. Yeah, hmm. so maybe that's why it tastes like, like that to me. Home ec in middle school, and we put eggs and milk in them. I'm like. Oh. So I've made one of these before. I didn't do the dry shake first, and I think it affected how foamy it was for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The the meaning that the now it's foamier than it was mm -hmm. before. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's way foamier. Do, do you enjoy that shake. more or not? Um, I don't know. I'm still <laughs> conflicted. It's an interesting drink, right? I'm holding. I'm holding back my gag. <laughs> no, it tastes good. It's just the mental component. I feel like uh, I drink Pisco a lot for a week or two, and then I forget about right. it. Right. And then. True. Yeah. 
Yeah, I figure I'll have my bottle for a very long time. <laughs> One of us will probably buy it after this trip. Exactly. Wow, yeah, that is really good. So I don't know. I don't know if I will like drink this like I drink margaritas, <laughs> but I definitely will have this once in a while. It's an option, right? Yeah, it's a fun option. Another thing, and you can try that other like Moscow Mule type one, right? Yeah. Give that a shot and see what you think of that. There are other things they make with it too. And, so. and that's true, Spencer. You might like it better with that Moscow Mule option. Just drink it with some yeah, I think I'm ginger try beer and. I'm gonna try the pineapple juice as well and see. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it I does. It, it's sweet enough that I think if I added the pineapple, it, it wouldn't taste that different. Yeah, uh, I think I, it, it kind of tastes like a pineapple type of drink. Like I could oh. totally see how pineapple would taste really good. Yeah, with this. it would go with yeah. it. And they use it a lot in tiki drinks. So, if Belinda and I seem like we're dragging ass a bit today, everyone, we. We just drove from Phoenix up. Like I got home literally a few minutes ago. So uh, been driving all day, but uh, we actually had a great, a great time. We learned a little bit about Pisco on, from somebody else's podcast. Um, and we listened to several other podcasts. But, true. Uh, we went uh, to it, a, a restaurant though for lunch today. Oh, that's true. That was wonderful. And I kind of want to give a shout out, shout out to Connor, right? Like Connor, our bartender at the Cornish Pasty Company in Las Vegas was wonderful. He was such a sweetheart. And uh, he, what was the name of the alcohol he gave us? That uh, Patagonian uh, crab it's apple liqueur. The, the official drink of Patagonia. Um, yeah, it's it's made out of crab apples and pears maybe? Pear and or? fennel. And fennel, oh, yeah. So, so unique. Okay. It was really interesting. And yeah. to be clear, I was driving, so I didn't drink. No, it, didn't. it was Belinda's bartender, yeah. but um, <laughs> I did. I did take one little sip of that yeah. uh, Patagonian liquor because I had heard about it before and and wanted to try it. But uh, yeah, shout out to Connor, and always a shout out to any Cornish pasty right. anywhere. One of mm -hmm. my all time favorite lunches. So so yeah. good, so so good. What is Do you know what a pasty, pasty is? No, it's like a so miners they used to make them in. Uh, parts of the UK, miners would take them, but it's basically a hot pocket. It's like a hand pie that they would make. So they would make them and they would make one half of the, so it'd be like a, a round or. Yeah, it's like a big old. Yeah. Uh, like hand pie. Um, and half of it would be filled with savory stuff and half was sweet. So the, the miners could just wrap it up and take it down into the mine with them and then have it for, for lunch later. But uh yeah, no, they're they're wonderful. We've we've made them several times before. Yeah, they're so good. And, uh, they're always a favorite. It's almost like the one I had was a Guinness. I think they called it Guinness, Guinness stew. stew. It was so um, good. So it was filled with, you know, um, uh, beef that had been braised in Guinness beer and carrots and celery and all that good shit. Oh, and leeks, some mm -hmm. leeks. It, it was delicious. Yeah, it was and you guys are making me hungry. Yeah, I know. Mine was a salmon and asparagus and i don't even know what else but it was just unreal and they had this like dill creamy dip i don't know what it was but it was just unreal and then we like ate it on the way home <laughs> are you one of those people whose pee smells funny i know it doesn't always i mean or... i mean if you no, if you eat asparagus oh yeah like, for I mean, some people it, it's not a thing but for other people it is i it, haven't smelled it is for my me. pee oh really you've noticed oh, yeah. it 
no, no, it's it, it's always it, a thing. If it happens to you, it's strong. You well, you right, back up the truck. notice it. It's Evan, are you you've noticed it in Belinda, or are you just saying you've noticed it? Period. I, I, I've I noticed it in me. Oh, not okay, in her. okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> to clarify, oh, I don't. I don't sniff Belinda's pee. No. <laughs> okay. Um, also, not just asparagus, but sugar smacks, the breakfast cereal. Oh also yeah. Urine smell. Yep. That way, yeah. Welcome really? to piss talk. Um, Welcome to piss well, talk. <laughs> Pisco <laughs> is, our drink. Drink. Pisco. Pisco. is our drink. Yeah. <laughs> So today it's piss and pisco. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Spencer did tell me before the episode started that pisco's made out of what was it, llama piss? Llama, llama piss. piss. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Totally thought, totally believed it. Didn't even. I mean, look. there's like monkey shit coffee, right? Like, so why oh, no, not? No, it's uh, cat shit. Yeah, yeah. Seven, what is yeah, this? Cat shit. Yeah. So oh yeah, it's a type of cat. Coffee beans. It's a type yeah. of... Oh, is it? Actually, oh my god, I'm one of those people. Go for it. God Will. damn it. Well, actually, actually, actually. <laughs> no, we're saying that. I was, I was actually talking about that this week with my roommate, and I, I actually like looked it up, and it's actually not a cat. It's like some sort of like, like a lemur or something. Yeah, right? like it's, it's like a, a little like, like raccoon type creature that like plays in the trees. Like yeah. The best I can describe it. By the way, I fucking hate raccoons. God, they creep me out more than any other animal. Just about. they're so cute. They have oh thumbs and they like do oh, stuff. They right? do so have cute. opposable they're, thumbs. I've they're too human-like. They're too oh. like. I don't. I don't like it. I do have I a backyard like raccoon. My neighbors offered to trap it for me, but I'm like, <laughs> okay, once we trap it, what do we do? You can't kill a raccoon. You're not supposed to. So, what am I going to do with it? You, you can make a hat. That includes killing it, it though, out, Kevin. It's going to be an adventure. Oh, they don't shed their skin. Unless it <laughs> scratches head a lot if he wears it live. The next, no, the next they, time, they, I will warn you, they can't. They can be mean. Next Not time like I'm on, I'll have a mean, but... head. Yes. Oh <laughs> God, that would be amazing. <laughs> Actually, I, I will give you all a heads up right now. Next episode, um, I have a special gift from my trip out of town uh, for Spencer and Will. It will be delivered to them, but it will be wrapped, and they oh. will have to, to unwrap it on, on the camera. Show. On okay. camera. Yeah. I love oh, this. Kevin, tell about that liquor store we visited. Gary's oh drive-through liquor. Shout out to Gary. Well, his name wasn't Gary. His name was uh, what was it? Timmy or Tommy? I have his business card, uh, but I don't know this. Yeah, I do too. Anyway. Um, so my boss at work is like, oh my God, when you go down to where you're going, I probably shouldn't say online, um, but go to Gary's drive-in liquor store. And Ooh. she's like, you, don't worry, you can go in, but it's drive-through. You can drive through and buy all your shit. So, so I noticed it's by the airport and I had to go drop my niece off at the airport. So I was like, sweet, I'll just go, you know, uh, check so out Gary's. Buy, yeah. So we go in there and it's like, it's like, what is it like? I don't there's know. There's like From bars the outside, on the windows. It's yeah, like kind like, of this part of town that's a little, you know, sketch, right? Like you wouldn't usually hang out around there. Like it's industrial kind of, you know, run down. A little grungy, tired, a little grungy. Yeah. A tired part of town. I mean, it tired is a good description. You know, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. No, like, no. Everyone was lovely that I met yeah, there. but. They were uh, awesome. But uh, so we walk in, and the first thing I see is a fucking shelf Doritos. full of Doritos. I'm like, 
what the hell is this? And it's small. It's not huge. It's like it's as big as like a small convenience store, right? Like yeah, a gas like station. like a small, like one of those old nasty Mavericks, uh, like the <laughs> so small I, ones before they made them nice. You know, think uh, like no I'm offense trying, to Maverick, we I'm love trying you. Trying to adventures for stuff. I'm trying to imagine. <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine this establishment. So, is there a like the big redwood trees? Is there a pathway carved through the store, and you drive your car in? Oh, I didn't see the like, drive-through oh, part. No, it goes around like, back, around like a Taco Bell or okay. something. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that would be so cool. Like, like it's like some right? sort of like car wash. Yeah, but like the walls are just like liquor. Oh, and you point. There used to be a drive-through grocery store in Bountiful that you would like just straight through drive-through, and they would like you'd buy milk and eggs and bread and whatever like cookies, anything. How how are we a year into COVID and this hasn't that hasn't been right? What the fuck? Uh, Don't even get me started on drive-through drinks because we need to go drinks but that's another episode too right but But you walk into gary's liquor you see the doritos and the ho-hos and all that bullshit right as you walk in the door it's like straight in front of you and then you turn to your right and there's like you know seltzers and beers and and wine by the way it's so small and crowded it's only wide enough for literally one person barely to walk down an aisle there's no carts there's no hand baskets there's no nothing it's that's it so i walk and it's all snacks on this aisle and i look back and i'm like well there's it looks like there's some beer in the cooler at the end of the aisle yeah small seltzers and ciders and things and it's fun things yeah i got i got a like a a a ring pour tangere gin and tonic a can of it it's already pre-made and whatever um and it's like it's like 20 percent alcohol or something like that so i'm i'm jazzed to try those but (laughs) Anyway, my, my boss was like, oh, my God, we saw the most amazing whiskey selection. And they had, like, shit stuff all the way up. I don't know why I was worried about saying shit. Shit all the way up. I've, I've, been, with, I've been with my Kevin. nieces. I've been with my nieces. And I'm, yeah, I'm trying to be careful. Um, but uh, anyway, so we're walking through. And it's a lot of, like, uh, interesting but not super exciting wines and beers and and it's small and it's so we get to the front and you know how when you go to a liquor store not here like there'll be the the register and with covid there's like the plexiglass and then there'll be a wall kind of behind the register of with covid and if ver- it's various sketchy, liquors you'll get so i'm looking and i'm he can see i'm kind of like god it just looks like fucking regular jack daniels bullet like the regular shit and he's like uh my friend, you look like you're looking for some bourbon. I'm like, <laughs> how do you fucking know that? Um, and he's like, look up, look up. Literally look, look up and the rafter beams are all full of whiskey and wonderful wow. gins and amazing Tequila shit. Like it's amazing. And, like, and like the, I think the most expensive stuff. thing I saw was about a $1,500 bottle of tequila. Jesus. What? Yeah. I, I got some, some Weller um, bourbon, which was cost me a few dollars. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, uh, my, my, my boss when she was down there before, um, not at that store, but a very similar store actually got some Pappy Van Winkle um, from no a, like a, a bullshit little drive through liquor store. Uh, but she said they were out until the next round. So anyway, mm. uh, but it was fun. It was, 
I spent more than I should have, but that's where I got the special surprise for you guys too. So okay. get really, really no, excited. Because uh, we saw this and we were like, oh my goodness, what are we looking at? We have to have these, you know? And they're like, oh, they're a shot of some sort, okay? And so they were like, oh, they're $5 a shot. And it was like a whole barrel of these. And he's like, but I'll give you a good deal on the whole barrel. And we're like, oh, okay. Like, so we said. Oh, <laughs> Tim, t- Timmy, so Timmy or Tommy or I were good buddies by the end. He gave me a lot of free shit, actually. We got because, some gifts with purchase. I, I spent some money there, but uh, yeah. Um, no, I have photos. I, we can post photos. It's, it's pretty great because like uh, all the interesting things they had just up in the ceiling for heaven's sakes, like, and they had to get a ladder out, like an he old literally ladder, pulled a ladder, and they out, climbed yeah. up into the ceiling and wow. pulled the things down. God forbid and... they have an earthquake, man. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but I think maybe Good part stuff. of it, too, is for safety, so people can't just walk out. It's it's probably a part of town where maybe occasionally, you know, people... Burglarize. <laughs> yeah. Can't have people um, stealing your those... pappy. Yeah. So but it's also I, part of time that you wouldn't think people are looking for those types of alcohols, right? Like and so you go in and all the things that people would probably normally choose are you ex- at eye level. You expect and then a lot of PBR. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everything else is up in the ceiling. I've, I've noticed it's amazing. That with the liquor stores here, depending on where you shop, certain things are in the glass cases and certain things aren't. It's so weird how and they then, do it in, in Utah. My area and holiday, they'll put expensive shit out, no problem. You go to like Sandy, a couple other places, and you feel like you're a criminal trying to, you know, buy some illicit thing. Like it's weird. Have you noticed and, that? And then they'll have a thirty nine ninety nine bottle in the lock case. Yeah, I don't fucking understand it. <laughs> Seriously, so it's true. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, at my store, true. you've got you know the whistle pig, you know ninety nine yeah. dollar dollar bottle just chilling, no problem. That's a rye, by the way. Just chilling. Yep. Yeah, I, I went to a. I wanted to try because I've been I've been really liking just making some old fashions lately. Um, I, I noticed nice. your four. I noticed your bottle behind you was a little bit lower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, that that bottle, the four roses. Yeah. That that's like dead. That's like oh dead. oh. Um, no no. So so I got um. I I don't even know. Like it was just like a more expensive uh high west. It was like their rendezvous rye oh, or something yeah. and uh like it's just like it's it was just sitting there it was like a 65 dollar bottle or something but let me tell you the old fashions with it are fucking amazing i mean yeah. old fashions with expensive alcohol are always good <laughs> For sure. I, I, the, I, the, I cringe the, i cringe a little bit like oh yeah. <laughs> true the, the first one i had i i actually thought like because the, the sugar that I've been using for my old fashions is just maple syrup. And so the first one I made, I was like, oh, god damn it. I used too much maple syrup. It tastes yeah, like just add more whiskey. <laughs> it tasted too sweet. Yeah. But it was actually the whiskey, like the whiskey itself. Like, oh, yeah. Kind yeah, of like, yeah. A, like a Even sweet. for a rye, that's interesting that it would be that sweet. Well, it's okay. It wasn't that it was like like sweet. It was more that it was like less of the really like strong with stringent yeah, flavor. flavor yeah it was it had a lot more uh i don't know character to it if if that's a proper yeah, absolutely way of describing it so so i've got one more uh just a tip with kevin here <laughs> just um, a tip <laughs> the beautiful thing is when your foam is left over but there's no more drinky bits in there yeah you just take the bottle and pour a little more no i'm, I'm good man right oh, in, and then oh. you're good to go 
Another Pisco Sour like that. Wow. (laughs) Here we go. Another tip is if you're requiring more uh, intoxication, you can pour some tequila and you can just shoot it. That's true. That's true, too. Cheers to that. (laughs) Okay, fine. I'll give in. I'll give him I'll have a little bit more Pisco. Oh, fuck that strong. Ah, I'm just going to pour a lot of things into my glass and hope it works out. No, at that little place, um, there were a lot of like, so I'm not a big vodka drinker. Uh, I don't care for vodka. Oh, yeah. Really. Oh, that like, totally it's, works. It's just, it's just like a lot. It's like vodka, air. I don't know. Vodka exists to make other drinks alcoholic. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I know I don't believe that, but like for the most part, like especially vodkas that you get in here in Utah are not like, they don't have like flavor notes and bullshit unless they're like a flavor. They're like, oh, birthday cake vodka. Oh, like, my oh my God. <laughs> what? No, I've never bought a birthday cake vodka, but. <laughs> I don't feel like you want your vodka to really even have flavor. No. When I very first started drinking, I remember going to the liquor store and being like, oh, I don't know if I want to drink something so strong. I remember seeing a raspberry vodka and I picked oh. it up. It tasted just like cough syrup. It was so yeah. vomitrocious. I can't even begin. I, like I couldn't finish it. Like oh. most things you're like, oh, if I had enough juice or whatnot, it'll be oh. like palatable. Nope. I just yeah. had to throw that thing away. It was so bad. Um, but yeah, they had these little vodkas. They were like little absolute, oh, I have a bottle somewhere. Um, absolute like they were, juice. They were like called absolute juice. <laughs> what? And they had like an apple one and a strawberry one and one that was like elderf- elderflower and pear. Okay. And so I bought like just mini bottles because it's like, oh, maybe if they're good, I'll buy another, like a bigger bottle or whatever. Um, we never ended up going back. This was at that Gary's uh, drive through. Um, and he like gave me all these, I unwrapped, he gave me, he's like, oh, here, uh, here's a gift. Because he gave us you know, little gifts with purchase, like free things that he gave. And he like handed me this little paper sack and I was like, oh, okay. And I opened it and it was little uh, shot glasses with the fireball devil on them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't drink fireball, but they were shot glasses. I'll pass them along to somebody and give them. Hey, yeah. Man, so many, so many episode ideas from this discussion. Right. Fireball tales and, you know, my first vodka. This could be. (laughs) We're kind of going long on the alcohol. Yeah. I will say really quickly, I yeah. mostly agreed about the vodka thing until yeah. I was in London fall of 2019 and it was London cocktail week. It just happened yep. to coincide with the trip there. Yeah. And um, uh, e at, at a bar where Kettle One was doing, uh, teaching us to make uh, espresso espresso martinis. and uh, But they had us first try a bunch of their vodkas and just the standard um kettle one vodka um has really they had us taste it and i'd mostly only had a handful of you know kind of the standard vodkas and it's like yeah it tastes like like alcohol Alcohol. (laughs) might as well be rubbing alcohol you know um but this actually has really interesting tasting notes like a peppery Um, peppercorn and orange interesting um, i haven't I haven't tried that one. I've had it's a little, Stoli- a little I've, more expensive. You I've know, had Stolies, um, yeah. and then I've had, uh, you know, Tito's is kind of the go-to, just because it's it's so clean. Um, there's an Icelandic vodka that I like now. The Reykjavik yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that vodka. one's pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one. Oh, and then I just tr- I just picked up a uh, Japanese vodka. Ooh. Um, 
So it's by the company that does that Roku Gin. Uh, mm, interesting. Okay. Forget. Oh, Suntory. It's a Suntory vodka. It's called mm. Haku. Um, but it's it's pretty good. It's it's just smooth. You For know. Sure. Um, so I'll have to try that kettle one, Kevin, and see. Yeah. The I like no, the I... Monoplova uh, vodka. Is I mean, it's very cheap. very paddle. No, it's actually really good. Like, uh, we went to like a bar, like it's weird old bar, and the woman working there was this Russian woman, and she's like, "This is That's good right. vodka." Yeah. And uh, we were like, it is. And she's like, and she's like, and let's have picklebacks. And like, she like made her, she had like her own homemade pickles the whole bit. Like she was. She brings out this big jar of pickles that she made herself. Wow. And, by the way, it was an Irish bar in downtown Salt Lake. That is that true. I, I don't think it exists anymore after COVID. Uh, that's yeah. too bad. It was called the Republican. Republican, if you're still there, shout out to you. Total dive bar, but we love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but uh, those were the best damn picklebacks i ever mm-hmm. had i'm not gonna lie i've never yeah, had a pickleback yeah, oh that needs to be an episode oh she yeah i've got a history of introducing people to picklebacks so <laughs> okay we'll, we'll save pickleback. we'll save it for another episode for sure. it's right, basically right. just doing a, a a shot generally it's whiskey but that day it was it was vodka, vodka. um Off of a pickle no, no 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 you do a shot <laughs> of the whiskey and then you do a shot of pickle juice oh Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's so good, dude. I'm oh. you. I, I mean, I'll, inter- I'll, I'll try anything. Else, so, I just introduced some people to it this weekend, sure. or wh- whenever it was, and uh, they were they were the same way. They were like, "Fuck no, I'm Ugh. not taking that." And then they were like, "Oh, that's really good. That's really Ricky, good." Ricky, Ricky got a kick out of the picklebacks for sure. That's true. Ricky Brian, with the pickle. Man. No, the, Ricky. the first. So oh, like, Ricky, that's right. I so like when I first started drinking. Like all I could get because um, I may or may not have been underage was just like <laughs> the shittiest alcohol. Like, like the vodka I drank for like Ever years clear. was like just pop off or whatever, however you pronounce it. Like the, like the gallon of in like just plastic, a like the one you get for like seven ninety nine. It's like on the bottom, like yes, the jug. Yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> and so like the first vodka that I had that wasn't just like rubbing alcohol was. Um, it was High West's uh, vodka, like the High West has a vodka. Yeah, it's silver. Like, it, it's, that's that's a whiskey though. That's not the vodka. silver oats. The, no, they have a vodka it, too. It's it's called like the like seventy five hundred or something. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, okay. But but it but it is like an oat vodka, and I just remember thinking like, oh my god, this like when you drink it enough, the oat like the oatiness behind it, oat o a t. Um, it kind of tasted vanilla, like 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 a vanilla type of flavor. So oh like ever ever since I've had that, I've I've had a little bit more respect for vodka, even though I just like buy Sky. Like I just I I normally just oh, yeah. Sky is my go-to. Sky is completely non-objectionable. No, yeah. Yeah, it's it's neither good nor bad. It's just vodka. It's just Sky. It's just there. <laughs> As our bartender friend Ross would say, it's inoffensive. So inoffensive, like... exactly. <laughs> There you go. And if uh, Sky, if you want to use my tagline, it's just vodka. Just feel free, contact me. It's just vodka. It's just vodka. It's just vodka. Just vodka. No, the no. kettle one thing, like at London Cocktail Week, was interesting because when they had us make espresso martinis, they were done by the daughter of the guy who invented the espresso martini, and they used an 
of citrus liqueur, an orange liqueur, Ooh. when they made it, which was actually kind of a surprising uh, yeah, one idea. Of, one of the most interesting good. cocktails I had was a hot chocolate in San Francisco as mm. part of brunch, and it had chartreuse, yellow chartreuse. Oh. It was oh so damn my. good. And they had like, really good. Okay, you need to tell us toast, where this place is. a toasted marshmallow on top. It was so fucking good. Those so, fucking monks. And you could, so get, I, I, you could get a three-ounce version or the two-ounce it was awesome. Ooh. Or both. Or both. Oh. <laughs> um, so I, I tweeted this out on the Thirst Impressions uh, or Thirst Pod Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the first the first margarita we made, like the Tommy mar- margarita. Yeah. It's super good. But I'll tell you what. Tell maybe me. this is like the standard margarita recipe. It probably is. But um, you put in a, like a half ounce. You do the same recipe. But you do a half ounce of like orange liqueur. Oof, it is good as shit. So fucking good. <laughs> so good. It's like a hybrid, right? I, I, I've never tried that. I feel Super like a good. I feel like a teacher who has a student who's really learned his multiplication <laughs> tables. Like you fucking got the nines even, Will. Good job. Yeah. No, sevens. I love it. Wait, what does that mean? The nines. Oh, that was always the, the hardest one for me. Oh, oh no. Sevens. I, we didn't know that shit back when I was doing multiplication tables. Oh, the finger re- thing? Reverse the thing. I don't oh, know that shit. Thing. I don't even know what the yeah. fuck you're talking about. <laughs> oh, so like when you're common, doing multiplication. Weren't you a math major? Fuck. I was, but I memorized everything. Ask me well, anything. Yeah, that, that's, how oh, that's how I did it. That's how I did it. I didn't. I still don't know my times tables. Like, 12 nines. So I, I know the twos and the fives. 12 the times tens nine, Belinda. And the elevens. <laughs> And the, but the nines, you like say like, will. <laughs> you say like nine times four and you could do like one, two, three, four. Wait, wait, one, one two, three, four. <laughs> and it's like 36. So for our listeners, Belinda's go. holding her fingers up and using a finger trick to do her. So, I'm doing a finger trick. Oh, Christ, it sounds so bad. She's doing a fingering trick. <laughs> doing a fingering trick for so, math. So, uh, <laughs> So I, I didn't know that you, you, did you major in math, Spencer? Yeah, I did. Um, wow, I did not, yeah, I, I didn't studied, know that. I studied for a little bit, got into linear algebra, and then I was like, peace out, this is not for me. Yeah, I started, a, I started shit, a, yeah. before I dropped out, I was trying to minor in math. It's, it gets crazy, man. I like, love yeah, it. Algebra is like. <sighs> you know, I'm a, I'm a designer now, but I feel like math and design are not that different in the sense that they're. No. leveraging creativity you have tools and you use these tools in in different ways to come to a solution so it, yeah. it's not that yeah. different i loved it though right yeah when, when people math. say that like you should be good at math if you want to get into computer science it's complete bullshit you have to be good at google to really? get into yeah. computer yeah. science <laughs> you have to be <laughs> there are I, i'm not minimizing you will there I, are like a total of zero times that i've had to do like complex math in computers like in all of my like half a decade of my career in programming never once have i had to like come up with like my own equation or like it's basically like oh i need to like figure out the di- distance between these two points Google, how to find the distance between two lat longs. Boom. That's were all. trains moving toward one another? Like you didn't have to figure There's... out like the speed at which they were yeah. traveling. And what if, what if Mary crash? has what if Mary has three bottles in her basket? But Timmy has seven. 
What if you have a car full of watermelons and <laughs> I could do that after, there after my trips to the liquor store, yeah. There is always a question and an answer on Stack Overflow that you can it's find. True. Indeed. If you have any like if two trains are coming together, I'm sure that exact question is on Stack Overflow. So it's does true. math does math help you more precisely bomb a country though? That's the question. Oh yeah. When you, when you, hard segue, hard segue. You know, who know that every president of the oh my every God. president. I was. How, how are you guys doing? I was super disappointed. I mean, yeah. On the one hand, you know, and, and it, it's been an interesting week with CPAC, which is the conservative political action something, right? I think yeah. that's what no actually conservative yeah, political it. assholes. I think. What does it stand for? I, I can't believe I just said actually. No, no. Actually, uh, CPAC. Well, actually, CPAC is actually. Oh my god, that'll be Will's CPAC. bit. Actually, no, no, I will not be that guy. No, you have no. to have the C finger though. CPAC, uh, it, it's a little bit uh, de like devious, of course, because it's by conservatives, but also because it's not an actual pack. It's actually like the the conservative party something. Uh, uh it's not a committee it's like conference like convention it's a conference. conference okay okay yeah. political or wait wait Where does conservative it go? conservative political asshole conference yes ah, perfect yes perfect. like the no. department of alcohol or assholes bastards and cunts that we introduced yes to. exactly but it, it's been an interesting week because cpac happened at least they had some conference and all the crazies came out of the woodwork. There was a golden yeah. statue of Trump that was rolled out. Yeah, what we was the point oh, of that? Nas the national Jesus anthem fuck. sung in the key of Q. That was interesting. You guys can look it up. It started out okay, and then all of a sudden it like... Yeah, that, yeah. that shit went south fast. We can, Off the rails. It made Fergie's national anthem it's performance true. at the NBA look fantastic. Yeah. I will totally. make sure we put a link in the description for you guys to check that out. Um, and then, yeah, President Biden bombed Syria, um, as far oh, as yeah. I'm aware. And I, I wasn't does. super into it, but I was disappointed. You know, I think many people oh. were hopeful that this was a turn for something different, right. but we're kind of no. I think shit again. I I've been really uh, I'm not. I haven't been surprised. Not no. at, at what I'm about to say, but I. So I haven't been surprised, but it has been really disappointing to see uh, like online liberals who were like the hashtag resistance crowd, who were like the ones that were constantly like, oh, Trump is trying to get us in a war. Trump is putting kids in cages. Like Trump is a sexual predator. And then Biden comes in and they completely ignore the same sort of issues, like, like bombing Syria. And like a lot of them were like, see, this is how military action is done. You don't tweet about it. You just do it. No. How about we just don't? How about we just don't do it? How about we have some sort of diplomacy? Yeah. Um, that that's for like the bombing, but like, like other things like, uh, uh, like Biden opening up. Uh, what are, what are they calling it? Like, ch like child overflow migrant centers. Right. Right in it's, Texas. Yeah. It's the same thing it's the same kids in cages that all of us were angry about and like i'm i am not in like i am in no way saying that like the country would be better with trump nobody's saying that like all i'm saying is i wish people would be a little bit more consistent 
in their criticisms of a president, regardless of party. It, it shouldn't it shouldn't be about like, oh, well, Trump was really bad because he's a Republican. But when Biden does it, I'm sure there's a reason. There's not. Well, there is a reason. And it's always a bad reason. We, we don't need to be keeping kids in cages. They, they can live with family. They can live with like a uh, How about they're not separated from their parents in the first place? So Shocking, I think, right? so I'm not sure if, I, I'm sure that Biden got rid of the child separation policy. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure if it's children being separated. I, this is something I'm just ignorant on. I'm not sure if it's children being separated or if it's unaccompanied minors. So it's unaccompanied but, minors. But, that that but was changed. Way, either way, we like we don't need to be putting them in detention centers. Why why don't we get them like a like a fucking hotel room and just make sure that they check in? Like when when Obama was president, I know like this is where a lot of like conservatives will be like, oh well, when were the cages built? They were built by Obama. Because Obama was doing the same bad, the same yeah. sort of bad things. He was. But what Obama did do was when migrants were seeking asylum, he didn't put them in prison or detention centers. He he gave them a court date or like the system, they gave them a court date and some insanely high rate, like 95% of uh, immigrants showed up to the court, like yeah. when when they were supposed to. Because these people that are coming to America, they want to be here. They want to be here. They want to be here legitimately. They're not like trying to skirt the system. Yeah, yeah. And 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 for, further furthermore, like even when conservatives are saying like like the immigrants are, I don't know, they're 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 taking more than they give. That's just false. The the That's immigrants are giving. The immigrants are giving more to our country than most Americans. Agreed. Agreed. And they don't qualify for a lot of public assistance. Like, just yeah. don't. And they're working their asses off. Like, it's and a lot of times, conservative. I, uh, just, just, just this last point. A lot of times, what what happens is, like, they'll have to go through like the e-verify type of system where they have to like check a social security number and make sure it's real. So a lot of times, what migrants will do is they'll they'll get other people's social security numbers, right. and by doing that, they are actually paying taxes right. on their income right. but they aren't they are not allowed to actually get the benefits from the taxes that they're paying so they are giving they are literally financially uh like socially they are giving more to our country than a lot of people yeah so we so should be them in cages i was an immigrant i came here as a student and i did the whole thing through the system and you you uh dot your eyes cross your t's tiptoe <laughs> look over your shoulder at every turn like it yeah. it's debilitating it is a weight that rests on you for years and years like i me and and some friends of mine family we still have like trauma from it like it's traumatic it's not easy and I remember Sorry. getting naturalized. Something exciting going on outside. I don't know. Oh, what it no. is. <laughs> I remember getting wow. naturalized and they're like, okay, you're a citizen. And it's like, well, I, I can like do whatever I want now. It's weird. It's really fucking yeah. weird. But to your point, Will, I remember paying taxes. Yeah. And yeah, I paid taxes, but I couldn't vote. Right. I paid yeah. taxes, but I couldn't get any benefits at all. Yeah. Um, but you do it, you know? And so in, in terms enough- of. In terms of oh, hard work, I remember fucking cleaning shit up, man. Like my first janitorial job, and 
I would clean carpets and like clean restaurants and all that stuff because that's what we did and you work hard and you know people often there's there's this refrain oh well they're taking our jobs like do you want to do that chick i can tell i can tell you i was willing to do it i didn't want to but i knew what i had to do right i knew what i had to do to keep keep moving forward i i i remember reading an article where it was like the, it was some sort of like um like some sort of i don't know i don't know what like part of science this would be like some sort of like socioeconomic study that they were doing and they were trying to see what it would take for uh like americans to take uh like farm labor type of jobs and so they put out like job postings where like they're like we give you full benefits we give you really good health insurance vision dental like the works 401k matching we're gonna pay you 20 30 bucks an hour like they made it a really good deal and a single american took it on holy and shit he, are you serious then he quit the next day hmm. like very interesting it's it's it really it really is like we we do we just don't treat our immigrants right that they they are the it's not even they like immigrants are choosing our country like americans aren't choosing america we just happen to be born here so isn't it a good thing if somebody chooses america shouldn't we want people who choose america to be their country those those are the people that we should want in our country and also to, it's it's the same sort of idea in my head about like uh like conservatives and abortion where like if they're so concerned about abortion then why aren't they taking actual measures to reduce abortions like, like better sex education like better sex education yep so if, to contraceptives things like that exactly so if conservatives, like no, sex, sex doesn't exist but if it happens you cannot make a choice yeah, no it, it, I, I don't it only I don't want, exists in marriage yeah yeah i don't i don't want to jump on that right. tangent right now maybe we can in, in a minute <laughs> but um because that that could go well but what, like in my head it's the same sort of logic around immigration where conservatives are always saying like there's too many immigrants coming and they're taking our jobs okay then why don't we set up a system that allows people to get citizenship easier so that we can yeah. like if you're so concerned about uh about undocumented people taking jobs then let's make them documented like yeah. let's give them documents and let them here's the work problem legally here's the problem and i only have secondhand experience with immigration spencer has firsthand experience with immigration um in my experience with it was my uncle uh, my aunt married a man who was from mexico um and his past was spotty. He actually worked as a coyote, bringing people across the border, like swimming the fucking river, like like legitimately. Um, and um, my dad was his sponsor to get into the United States and have a green card and all this stuff. Um, and he spoke English very well, uh, but there are so many predatory businesses, attorneys, whatever, that want to quote air quote help you you know become a citizen right and they like it costs tens of thousands of dollars possibly like for them to represent you 
in these hearings or like, you know, file paperwork or whatnot. Like it seemed like it was like this never ending thing that just went on and on and on and on and on for my uncle. Um, and he was this awesome, awesome guy. Loved him, loved him. Um, and uh, it just seemed like they set the system up for um, people uh, of color that can't speak English very well to fail. They can't, they can't get through the system enough to like become a naturalized citizen. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know well, if that's the thing or if it's, you know, I don't know. Spencer, tell me what your experience is. There are very subtle things that they do. Um, and it, it got a lot worse during the Trump administration. I remember really? when president Trump was elected, uh, friends and family, we were like, shit, we got to get, we got to get our applications in. I took a little bit longer, but I finally got it in. I was like, I, because there was talk about revoking green cards and there was talk yeah. about sending people back. And I'm like, no, you know, I had a green card. I was fine. Anyhow, um, things like you mentioned, Belinda, and, and it's very subtle because legally speaking, they, they're not supposed to do this, but limiting access to documents in your language or right. it might be limiting uh the help that you're able to get in the process um making it so complex that you have to hire an attorney and for an immigrant to say hey i'm gonna spend three five thousand dollars on an attorney for some that's that's impossible true right um so little things like that and actually during the trump administration they there was a change made to the testing where it became politicized a bit um so for example they changed a question on the for for those who don't know there is an exam or test that you take and you have to get you have to score 60 percent or higher i think uh in terms of your responses so one of the questions was a u.s senator represents and the answers are like uh the people in the state the citizens in the state um so intentionally confusing because Conservatives like to assert that, oh, well, non-citizens aren't represented, but the Constitution says nothing about <laughs> whether you're a citizen or not. It's the people in oh, your right. state. Right. So there's this there's this tension. Anyhow, question. so they made yeah. this change and they made the question tricky. And it's actually false because, yeah, a senator does not represent just the citizens, a.k.a. white people, mm-hmm. in the state. And there, there's just a lot of dog whistles, man, yeah. Um, yeah. in yeah. terms of how you hear language on both sides. Um, And that's not to say Democrats are perfect, but I certainly feel less, uh, (laughs) less of the enemy um, when it, when it comes to aligning myself with the Democrats and to Will's point, you know, about migrants coming to the United States and being able to work and contribute to society. I think the prevailing assumption amongst friends, people I know that are conservative, and admittedly, and I hate saying this, but having formerly been conservative in my thinking because of religion and all that, I would think the same things too. There's this internalized hatred almost that, oh, these people are coming to take our jobs. They are coming to take opportunities. They're coming to take food out of your mouth. It's like, really? No, that's not how it is. Like we, (laughs) we are coming here much like your ancestors did um right. actually violence. more legitimately than your yeah, ancestors with, did with, but with less know. violence mm-hmm. and intent yeah. to kill people um despite what our former president said 
I'm not a rapist. I'm not a murderer, that kind of thing. You know, if anything, I've contributed. You're not a, a lot criminal to... from a shithole country. Yeah, Holy so shit! It's... Like, what the fuck? I guess what I'm getting at is is the the mindset and approach. Like, can we approach this with the the view or or thought that oh, people are well intentioned. You know, there's almost right. this idea of the other, and I understand that that's a fundamental part of human nature. But right. these people are the other, and they're coming right. to take away. It's like, no, man, what they're, they're so, coming to enrich our culture. You know, so, you talked about margaritas and how much tequila we drink. Yeah. And it's like, come on, man. Exactly. Like, uh, we were listening to a podcast today and they talked about how many of the laws and rules we have in place now are based on a big immigration thing that happened. I think they said in the 80s. Um, tied Amnesty. To no, yeah, I think I, they, mean, I think yes. the conservatives are like amnesty, amnesty, but like for the rest of normal people that give a shit, like it was, you know, just a a good immigration bill like that but, helps but, people. But I'm talking about the the laws that are in place now. A lot right. of them were based on back then a majority, or uh, according to the statistics, a majority of the people crossing the border illegally were single Mexican males. Um, or single and, single people, right? And of any gender, right? Like they were just like single no, people, no, no, no. adults. They said they they said single oh, Mexican really? males, yeah. And so a lot of this stuff was was set up to that. Um, now, uh, st this is statistically. This isn't based on like guesses. This is mm -hmm. data based on people that they are either deporting or letting come in. Um, it's Central American women and children. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's men. I mean, that's not to say the majority is, yeah. is that. And they said, uh, you know, the laws we have in place and even some of the rules that aren't even politicized or whatever, just are antiquated based on yeah. the realities that are faced. And and the reality is, fuck, if most Americans were to sit down with this woman from El Salvador and her two children who just fucking walked a thousand miles or whatever it is, or rode on the top of trains or buses or whatever, because they couldn't get a ticket to get inside um, to get to the border. And now are living in a tent city because we basically shut down the border uh, under the Trump administration. Um, I, in my opinion, most Americans would hear her story and be like, oh my God, let this poor woman yeah. and her children in. She wants to go work a job that probably the majority of Americans wouldn't want to work right. anyway. She's going to work at a hotel or something. She yeah. wants her children to get an education and to get healthcare and to be safe. And, yeah. But, I, I, but I, the reality is we equate them with murderers, rapists, whatever, because yeah. of stupid <laughs> fucking Well, this is like right? Reagan era, like we're going to get hard on it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, like, there's likely. Did you there's say likely, we're gonna get a hard on? <laughs> we're gonna get a hard on. We're gonna hard get on. a hard on, guys. Ooh, yeah. Well, fucking Reagan. <laughs> welcome to wet. Talk. Reagan loved to get hard so on. So Reagan the, hard on. <laughs> there's likely multiple reasons for, uh, as I perceive it, conservatives' resistance to immigration. 
one of those is likely xenophobia in the sense that yeah. again this this idea of the the other when it comes to our yeah. very human nature i mean how many times have <laughs> nice egg kevin how many times have you encountered someone and there's this palpable visceral reaction like oh okay this is a different person and you almost have to you have to function at a higher level to allow yourself to overcome your instinct to be cautious and be suspicious but conservatives have almost run away with this narrative that oh because these people are different this is how they are so that's the one thing and then the other thing i think is it's coming from a place of fear yep right now we've talked on the show about censorship and issues related to the conservative platform as i will put right. it or republican platform even and they're crying foul because they feel they're they're being rejected censored and it's like well maybe your ideas are just shit. like maybe people oh. don't like to be racist and they realize that this is not okay and Maybe. i i my 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 hypothesis anyways and i don't have any specific data to back this up beyond circumstantial and at least observational sure. evidence is that there is a fear because here's the real the real real right now immigrants do have babies these babies grow up yep and typically they vote <laughs> against being racist like yeah. There's some fear. And I'll tell you, when I when I became a citizen, consider this. This is a moment in your life you've some for some people has been twenty years in the making. And here you are, you get sworn in, you do the thing. And the next question is, okay, how do I get a passport? Because I want to go home now. Um and they give you all the instructions. There's a form in your fucking packet that you get with a letter from Donald yeah. Trump or whoever the president is. But how do I vote? There's no information. It's just like, oh, you have to go this and, and it's kind of convoluted and weird and they make it hard. And I think it's because yeah. this is again, this is my hypothesis based on my own experience. I think they're afraid that immigrants will be empowered to vote. And yeah, once you leave that courthouse or wherever you are, you might put it off. And then if yeah. you don't register to vote, you don't have a voice. And if they don't have a voice, then white people yeah. have more power. So, so it's fear-based. And I if think. the voting materials are not in your language, then you can't vote or you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But here's the idea, like the idea of, and, and tr the Trump administration made this like a bigger deal than it has ever been in the past is the crimmigration, right? Like they're drug dealers, they're rapists, yeah. they're like human traffickers, all those things. And yes, some of them are, you know, some of Americans are, some of like Europeans are. They're We're all, all over fucking the world. human, it's of course. Unique no one's perfect. To a brown or black person, for Christ's sake. Like, but they like have this idea that, like, oh, if they're coming from Mexico, they're obviously going they to be must a criminal. Be bad. They must be um, bad. They're and gonna... it's this xenophobia. Oh, I was, I was just saying, yeah. I remember when they were, when, so when the Black Lives Matter protests were happening with immigration, even mm -hmm. there's this idea of them and us, they're coming for your yeah. neighborhoods. And I'm like, what do you mean by they? And what do you mean by your right. neighborhoods? Like, and what are you actually trying to say here? Here, here? Here's the thing too, is every single statistic shows that immigrants commit less crime than citizens. Yep. than documented yep. people yep. absolutely because guess what they're happens? fucking careful as shit guess what happens if you get in trouble and you're here without documents fucking trump fucking, fucking trump and biden will fucking deport you so of course 
they are going to be more cautious about following the law. More immigrants True. follow the law than the average American. Do you True. know what? But uh, have you heard the you know thing what? about how? Oh, go ahead, Kevin. Kevin, what were you? I was saying? just going to say. Do you know what uh, in the immigration circles of attorneys and lobbyists and all these people, they refer to Obama as the deporter in chief? Yeah. That's a common is, title for him. Do you guys remember the very first Democratic uh, debate this past election cycle? I do. I don't. There, I do. there, was, there was activists that stood up and called Biden out for uh to try to push him to not do deportations and so what did biden do he actually listened and he made a campaign promise and he said that he will put a moratorium on deportations for the first hundred days in, in his office and guess what he did it, for it is right now he just gave Deported. us a finger and said yeah no i'm doing deportations he doesn't give a shit this okay this is where um like before before black lives matter was happening um there was a, a really amazing jewish activists um like one of the main groups was called uh, like never again action and what they were doing was a bunch of these jewish people would go to these child uh uh detention centers yeah. and they would literally like link arms in front of the, the driveways of these places so that they couldn't conduct business. They, they literally shut down these detention centers because of all the horrendous stories. Like when right. AOC went down there, they were having to drink out of the toilet. Yeah. The children were, and the mothers were. And I know, I know conservatives will be like, that's just how the, like there's a water fountain on top of the toilet. That's how detention centers were. No. What AOC and Rashida Tlaib and the, the people there were saying was that the water fountain on the top was not working. So they had to literally drink from the toilets. Holy and shit. So, and so like these groups, these amazing Jewish activists went out and their main message was, we've seen this before. This was happening to mm -hmm. our people yeah. and we will not allow it to happen again. And just like under Trump, we need to have that same sort of view towards the way that the, the oppressors in this country, the, the elite, the way that they are treating the like least fortunate of us, sure. the way that they're treating them is the same way that they're going to treat us if they have the chance. Right. Here's the thing. It's not just liberals. Politics are back on their bullshit. It's a thing. Yeah. Like, and you know, there are campaign promises throughout history that have been broken, right? Like a chicken in every pot and a car in every driveway or like read my yeah, lips, no, no, no new job. taxes, whatever. Like they all say shit. They're all like full of bullshit. Um, the problem is that, um, you know, everybody's looking to Biden to put in, like write up all these uh, executive orders, right? Like they're like, oh, just, reverse everything right off the bat. And he literally said anything. He's like, I'm not making any new like laws or anything. I'm just reversing bad policy. The thing is politicians make promises not only to the people, but to lobbyists and businesses yeah. and big money or all over the world, is, other is countries. So you can't earmark an executive order. Okay, this, but this yes, you sound can. 
Yes, you can. It may sound subversive and anarchistic, but I'm like, is America too big? Like, because how, no, how does how does one man, like, make everyone happy? I don't think this that's the presidency too big. This is the presidency too big. I don't fuck, man. Like, okay, no, this is so. This is a a great example of like something that Biden could easily do. Yeah. So he promised to uh, cancel ten thousand dollars of student debt. So like Bernie was all of it. Uh, Biden was $10,000. And then you have like Chuck Schumer and a couple other Democratic uh, leaders who are pushing for a $50,000 uh, student de debt cancellation bill yeah. that they would have to pass. But here's the thing about federally held student debt is it can be discharged via an executive order. It doesn't need to go through Congress. It literally... All it requires is a stroke of a pen. And what Biden is saying is he, th this is, this is the point I'm making is Democrats, it, not just like Republicans also do this, but Democrats are notorious about this. They will put up these artificial roadblocks and they'll be like, there's nothing we can do. So like with Biden, he could, he could sign an executive order tomorrow, cancel. He could cancel all federally held student debt if he wanted to. But he promised ten thousand dollars. So if we're going to hold him accountable, at least ten thousand dollars. Exactly. And he's not going to do that because he needs to set up a committee to research the legality of it, even though lawyers have already researched it. My set, my second thing that I wanted to say was uh, this: the stuff that's going on around fifteen, the fifteen dollar minimum wage. Uh. So they were trying. They, meaning Democratic leadership, uh, spearheaded by Bernie Sanders. We're trying to put a $15 minimum wage uh, clause in the reconciliation bill that's going through Congress right now. Right. The House already voted on it. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure the bill that the House voted on does include the $15 minimum wage. Oh, really? But I, I could I could be wrong about that. I thought they struck that out. No, no. So, so what happened was, and I, I could be a little bit wrong about this, but mm -hmm. uh, the gist of this is, is, is right on, is... In order for something to be in the reconciliation bill, the reconciliation bill, they do it once a year, it defines the budget, and they can basically put a whole bunch of crap in it. And um, the rule is that it has to affect the budget. So only things that affect the budget can go in the reconciliation bill. And there is a person who determines if something um, affects the budget. They're called the parliamentarian. And, um, so the parliamentarian ruled that putting a $15 minimum wage uh, clause in the bill would not affect the budget, even though it would, because that means that every single federal institution would have to start paying their employees $15 minimum wage. Anyways, and so the Biden administration was just like, oh, there's nothing we can do. The parliamentarian ruled on it. There are so many things you can do. The first thing you can do is you can actually change the rules about the reconciliation bill. Guess how many votes that takes to change the rule? All it takes is a simple majority. They could easily, they could easily, next time the Senate is in session, they could easily just amend the rules to allow the $15 minimum wage in it. They, they could actually override the parliament, parliamentarian uh, if they have a simple majority. And Kamala Harris has said that she will not support that route. So this is what I'm saying, where they put up these artificial roadblocks and they say, 
there's nothing we can do. Even though at the same time, there is a, a person that Biden is trying to get to the OMB office. Her name is Nira Tandon. I fucking hate her. I, I hate her. I've had so many Twitter fights with this lady. Oh, we, we disagree. We disagree very strongly on policy. And I'm very vocal about it on Twitter. And it's, it's funny. She's replied to me a few times. Um, and so the progressives and the leftists, like the more lefty people, they don't want Nira Tandon to be an OMB director. And so the, the more conservative side of the Democrats, they are fighting tooth and nail to get Nira Tandon in as an OMB director. Like they are going all, like, like they, they are starting to threaten Bernie with not allowing any of his bills to get through. They are, they are like, they are doing everything they can. So my point is, why don't they do the same thing with $15 minimum wage? Why don't they do the same thing about student debt counselization? They, they're willing to, to do whatever it takes to get some centrist, corporatist person to be an OMB director. But when it comes to working people, they're just like, there's nothing we can do. We just yeah. don't have the votes. We, we control the Senate, the House, and the presidency, but uh, we just, we can't do it. I'm sorry. Our hands are tied. Well, our hands, our are, hands tied. are tied. Here's the yeah. thing. None of us would love nothing, any, you know, we'd be so happy with a bipartisan, like, like, consensus right for any of these ideas no like what if we came to an agreement like and we're like this is great this is a a way forward right but the right the right does the does the right want to have a 15 dollar minimum wage which i was gonna i was gonna say to be equanimous or whatever um i think there is some concern from small business owners and uh, you know i I run my own thing and i I do a lot of what i do independently right fifteen dollars an hour is not something that feels threatening to me but i do understand the economics and the fear behind it because it is in our nature to want to preserve as much as we have no i i get that i I get that but fucking walmart and amazon and a lot of these big businesses can pay fifteen dollars. but they are pushing for it they're pushing for it and i i not whenever Walmart, I see, whenever I see a big against it. Oh, interesting. Amazon's pushing yeah. hard for it, but Amazon and, yeah. and Walmart are competitors. And it, and yeah. so it's been interesting to, to hear ads and PR campaigns and whatever, you know, Walmart's, like you said, pushing yeah. against and Amazon's pushing for it's a bit confusing. I, um, I, because, I think, yeah, Amazon I, could pay, pay 30 bucks an hour if they wanted. And right, they'd be fine. Right. So I, I just think I, I understand people's concern around small businesses. Here's the thing is it's not going to be that tomorrow it's going to be $15. Exactly. Right, It'll be exactly. a four to five year ramp up period. And also it's not, this is, this is my opinion of it is it's not just like the actual $15 minimum wage. It is the whole entire idea behind it is it's that if you are running a business, you should not be allowed to exploit your employees. Bingo. If you if you pay them a sub uh, a sub uh, living wage, you do not you should not be allowed to hire that person. You can't right. afford them. If you can't afford to pay somebody a living wage, you can't afford them. Exactly. We, we here in this country, we rely on the exploitation of people's labor for businesses Bingo. to have a profit. Yeah. So like that. So that's a little bit harder of a concept for people to actually express. It, it's. But that is like the whole reason 
for in my mind behind the $15 minimum wage. Here's, here's the thing. The American economy as it stands today is as it stood for quite some time now is one of the predominant most important economies in the world. Right. I think we can all agree on that. It's the baseline. It's built. Mm -hmm. It's built from the beginning before the fucking country was founded on slave labor. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. They still rely on that. Right. And guess what? Even when the Emancipation Proclamation came, even when all of the Jim Crow was reversed and whatever, we've kept slave labor. We keep it through the incarceration system in this country. We keep it through the fucking minimum wage that is a completely unliving minimum wage at this point. Or undocumented workers, whatever. Like there's so many ways in which people exploit other people to, you know, Tipped workers, waitresses, and waiters. Absolutely. They should also be paid minimum wage. It is an atrocity that they that businesses only have to pay them what is like 250. And and then because they get tips. So therefore it adds up to greater than minimum wage. I I was just talking to my niece. She lives in Chicago and she's a waitress. And uh, during COVID, during the past year, guess how much she makes on average in tips? Like zero to like ten dollars a shift. Yeah. Ooh. And 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 I don't I can't remember how much they make. It's like two or three bucks an hour or something. Yeah. Um, so it's like <laughs> not only is the minimum wage a non-living wage, but how many waiters, waitresses, bus people, whatever do we yeah. have out there who are relying on tips and things like that that in a pandemic. Oh, not to mention the fact that Biden fucking won the election and flipped the Senate based on, you know, promising that there would be some relief from this fucking pandemic. And that still is, you know, sitting so there. Stewing. I, I, I say this not to absolve myself of any responsibility, but I'm not an economist, but I feel as though, uh, you know, wages have increased or quality of living has increased. And, wages and, have and by, remained stagnant. Well, what I mean to say, Will, is like people who are trained in a specific skill, like developers, for example, where there is a need for your specific skill or mine. Yeah, is but a there's a need for specific whatever. other skills cool. like gutting but chickens, right? 10 years like, ago, and... I would not have expected to get paid as much as I do now. So I have a tolerance, yeah. I, or at least I can make space for higher cost of goods i know that's a concern for people it's like oh well hey now the guy at mcdonald's is flipping burgers is going to be getting paid that much okay. ready to pay so, 10 bucks for your big mac and i'm like yeah okay. <laughs> you, so i'm you okay make, with that maybe i'll eat out less brilliant you make a brilliant point spencer because i actually looked this up so in, in mcdonald's in denmark i mean i'm gonna get the numbers a little bit wrong they're, they're just okay this is just a general thing if i'm like if i'm saying numbers sure. Keep it close. If you're saying I, numbers to, that are wrong, you're canceled, Will. <laughs> I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to keep them relatively to where I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're at. So, so I looked this up. So in Denmark, they actually have a functioning, a functioning social democracy. They're not a socialist country. They're still a capitalist country, but they have a very strong social democracy, kind of like a social safety net. And one of the things that they do is they force businesses to pay their workers a living wage. So in Denmark, if I'm not mistaken, their their rate of minimum wage um, in US dollars is something like $18 an hour. 
here in the US, okay, this is side note, this is not my point. If, mm-hmm. if wages were tied to productivity, then minimum wage right now would be closer to $25. Anyways, so in Denmark, the minimum wage is like $18. So I was, I looked up cause there's McDonald's in Denmark. So I, I was wondering like, okay, so if they have to pay their employees $18 an hour, how much of an increase did they have to add to like the Big Mac? And it turned out it was like a full 75 cents. Well, when people talk about how if you raise minimum wage, prices will go up, guess what? Yeah, they will go up, but at it will be less. They will not go up at this at like in parallel. Like it will not be like, oh, your minimum wage is seven twenty-five and a Big Mac is five bucks. So if we double minimum wage to fifteen bucks, that means that a Big Mac is going to also double. No, that's not how economics works. Prices will increase, but the difference that you will be making is substantial. Sure, things are going to cost a little bit more, but you are going to have more cash on hand in order to purchase those things. And not only will you have more cash on hand, but more cash will be in the economy. People will have more cash to stimulate the economy. More small businesses will be able to have more customers and a bigger population of people that can potentially be consumers. This will stimulate the economy. I think that the, the, I'm putting my conservative hat on here. The, the, the thought process is something like, well, we're not going to take money from CEOs and executives. So how do you pay your employees more? Well, you got to charge more for goods, but are we considering operational efficiency or other things that companies can do? Yes. Layoffs might be a part of that. I know the CBO has said that, you know, there's a potential for that, but there's an unwillingness to consider, Hey, does the CEO need to make 3,500 bucks an hour or minute in the case of just Bezos or whatever, how much he makes, but it's like, do they need to make that much? You know, can they tolerate subsist? So, so let me, let me boil, boil down this argument to a simple meme and I'll, I'll I'll send it to (laughs) our group chat. Um, I, I saw this on Facebook and it's, it's so true where uh, I, I don't know, I forget what like the like the little title was, but it was like uh, a person is saying something like, oh, if you increase a uh, minimum wage, then you're gonna have to pay more for pizza. And the second image was like, oh, so you're telling me you care more about pizza than human beings. Oh, God. That's, that's, simply, yeah. that's simply the argument I'm making is if, if prices go up, it's not gonna be substantial. It's yeah. not. It's going to, if prices do go up and they've actually done a whole lot of studies on minimum wage. Like if you actually look up economic studies on this sort of thing, it is very conclusive that minimum wage will have, if you increase minimum wage, there is a minuscule amount of uh, cost of living increases. And guess what? They're pouring money back into the economy because they've got money to spend for heaven's sakes. Yeah. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad we got to talk about this because I was going to start talking about open borders and about how our borders should be the same as like, like Utah's borders with Nevada and uh, Colorado. Like, why don't we have that between us and Mexico? I don't see why we can't. And this no, has so been here's the last episode. That, I'm just saying that's another topic. <laughs> that's another episode. It's, I'm too It's tired. not, but it also is. But here's the thing. Borders 
are an idea. And Absolutely. before borders were the idea, as far as like immigration goes, you know, uh, African-Americans were not allowed a citizenship as, you know, like as Americans, right? And then um, Native American, and that, what, what when did African-Americans get uh, citizenship? 1868, something like that? Guess yeah, when Native was, Americans was... got citizenship in the United States? 19 fucking 24. Yes. Like this Whoa. is ridiculous. And because the borders are an idea. They're a construct. They're just an idea. Like it's all to keep away. Borders, the... borders are set up by yeah. borders are set up by the oligarchy. Like, yeah, they, like absolutely. if we if we actually there are plenty of workers that like like literally there are workers that commute into the United States during the day yeah. to work and then commute back home so that they could go back home. Right. Why why do we have to have this crazy process where they have to have a passport and they have to be they have to have some sort of crazy different documentation in order to work? Here's why, the thing. like literally why can't it be like Utahns going to Nevada? I don't see why why it's any different. It's not. Here's the thing. Conservatives prey on fears. Yeah. Fears of losing jobs, fears of criminal activity fears AKA of losing people. their money fears of what spencer brown people brown people i absolutely like they prey on these fears like they're going to lose you know all these privileges their religious freedom or their you know whatever their guns or the, it's all about fear to the conservatives and i hate saying like i think like every episode i say something about like conservatives but like but, um or dad. Or you, you can hate me i'm, I'm the crazy <laughs> antifa leftists like just but seriously hate me they well, prey okay, on fears I and i guess politics in general prey on fears right like to get their point across or you know yeah no, no look, like look how biden won like let's let's remember how biden won biden's whole okay let me let me just Full disclosure, I am no Biden fan. Um, I no. did like Biden. I always have. So I'm just putting that out there. So anyways, how did Biden win? His whole entire thesis of his campaign was Trump bad. That's that's what it was. Yeah. It was Trump is bad. We need to get him out of here. Yeah. It was true. It like Which was Trump true. was yeah. bad. That doesn't mean Biden's that much better. Like he's going sure. back on two thousand dollar checks. He promised two thousand dollar checks, and now he's going back on it, and he's gaslighting us and telling us, "No, no, fourteen hundred dollars is actually two thousand dollars if you add the six hundred dollars." This is why people hate Democrats. Stop and doing qualifiers. Just give us our damn money, Biden. Come on. We're, we're going to cut that right there yeah. for a, a clip on it. <laughs> Give us your damn money, Biden. And speaking, it goes black all right there. Like. Speaking of fear, I'm afraid Kevin might pass out. So I think we should wrap. <laughs> we should. <laughs> I, I have one thing to say. All right. Not one thing, but one statement, right? Like, not one word. Oh, you already um, said your word, Kevin. Sorry, we're wrapping. Thank you. God Welcome. damn it. <laughs> No, um, he I wishes for about, more wishes. Yeah, I was thinking about, and this kind of goes along with what Belinda was saying. In the end, all that matters, it goes along with what Belinda and Will were saying. In the end, all that matters is 
human beings, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the other shit matters. Kid, Obviously, I love, I don't love the raccoons, but I love the other animal. <laughs> and I love the environment and I love the earth and I love all those things. Scorpions but, even. So yeah. I'm driving I... today. I'm driving through fucking Arizona. And, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Arizona. But I see uh, a bumper sticker. First thing I see is USMC, which I'm used to seeing. My my dad was a Marine uh, during the Vietnam War. And uh, lo lots of love-hate relationships there. Anyway, yeah. um, the, the bumper sticker I see as I get close is, God bless our troops and especially our snipers in the Middle East. And I was like, what the actual fuck? Yeah, Are you that's kidding weird me? Like, so Belinda, I, I, I'm not taking exception with what she said. I agree with it completely. But it's not just based on fear. And I, I would lump in not just the conservatives. And I know we do bash on the conservatives a lot in here because none of us are conservative, <laughs> to be honest. Some of us uh, used to be a little way. bit, you know, more oh, conservative uh, than we are now. Three yeah. of us used to be. And some yeah. of us are, the, so we're more towards the left-leaning side. But the reality is, yes, fear drives a lot of things yeah. when it comes to politics in America, but so does hate. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and... And until we solve some of the issues tied to that, until we solve some of the issues tied to not only racial hate, uh, gender-based hate, sexuality-based hate, or just hate of fucking everyone. I mean, God damn it, I was on the road for 10 plus hours today. Like people drive like assholes out there. And I'm like, why are you driving like a complete imbecile? Like, are you trying to kill someone? there's way too much hate out there and I'm not trying to like hold all four of your hands and sing kumbaya. Why not? Although, although I would love that to be honest. Like, um, but like, you, you are just you, you are just you, Kevin. Yeah. I'm just me. And, just and I'm, I'm not going to quote, you know, there's no, can't we all just get along? I'm, I'm not going to say that here, but, but, I mean, before we even worry about the fear, and maybe the fear and the hate go hand in hand, but like uh, Republicans, Democrats, were all living in this this fear and hate-based thing. Whether it's hate of conservatives, hate of people of color, hate of homosexuals, hate of whomever it may be. Different religions, right? Like We've got to yeah. take steps in this country to solve that For, hatred and yeah. fear. Before we can even start thinking about worrying about, I mean, yes, I agree. We should raise the the minimum wage right now, and and poverty poverty issues are real issues, and there is hate hatred towards people of a lower income level. That's a real thing out there too, by the way. But until we start looking at the hate and figuring out how to come together as a country to not not just fucking hate each other so much, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of these other problems are going to be solved easily. True. Yeah. Oh, man. So, it's, um, it's, it's part of a bigger yeah. discussion, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think you're onto something really powerful there that yeah. we need to move past that. Th yeah. This is why. Um, so even if you look at my Twitter bio, it says socialist. I know 
socialism is is very dear I'm to my shocked. heart i know yeah. i'm 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 one of those big scary socialists but i actually uh, i think in in my head i i envision like a political identity and movement that is not socialism and it's not capitalism hmm. and i would like to call it compassionism like Aww, is it like we just need we really need to have compassion for one another it doesn't it doesn't matter if the solution comes from some sort of capitalistic ideology or like socialistic ideology i think we just need to we just need to treat each other with more compassion and i, agree. I think if you do that i think there are better economic gains i think for all the capitalists out there i think if you treat everybody better you're going to have more consumers and you're going to have so, more people it's true so and, how- and like if if you're a socialist like i i hear you like uh conservatives they suck they're like there's a lot of racists out there but guess how you beat racism how well to treat them with like i'm not saying be nice to your local racist i'm saying let's create a a society where these people don't feel that hatred where they can actually break through that that thing that's holding them the back i love that idea racism i love that the problem is is exposure right like we don't have people that are exposed to other races other religions other cultures other you know whatever like any other demographic in the world they're all in their like white i had a i had a quote come to mind from brené brown and i don't love brené brown but i do appreciate this quote she has some Um, wise things that people just overuse that shit and they're just like shut the fuck up that's that's why but <laughs> compassion spencer like oh i read God, brene brown one, and yeah. i'm now amazing fuck like, brene fuck brown you. <laughs> fuck you so i'm just kidding brene not there was a thing i saw is like it's hard to hate someone up close and i, I agree agreed you know our, prox- our proximity to people oh makes God. a difference right you, know? you you've you've triggered me spencer this is i swear to god this is the last thing i'm gonna say <laughs> um then i have a question for it, you will but and it brings ahead. me back to my my point about compassionism um is uh so ben shapiro our local uh bigot asshole he is he uh he's not about the wet ass pussy that's for sure yeah the the wet ass p word um wet ass p word anyways so he's making a movie right now you heard that right uh i I did not know that we'll save that Um, for the after show okay okay Let, let me let me let me get this point in so um so the Equality Act was voted on uh, by the House, and I it passed the House. And um, Ben Shapiro was really mad about that because he views transgender people as not being like that. He he doesn't want to honor the way that they want to uh, identify. And yeah. and there's this clip of him saying that like. If he was with a transgender person in private, he would respect their preferred pronouns. But, but otherwise, on his show, on his show <sighs> he refuses to use their preferred pronouns, and he will use whatever pronouns mm. that they present as. Nice, because ben. in his view, he doesn't view their gender identity as being valid. Because according to Ben Shapiro, there's only two genders. And this is this is what just pisses me off. Is you're totally right, Spencer. Is it's 
these people, if you're with them in private, they're fucking cowards. True. And they will, they will bend and they will make, they will be as respectful as possible because they don't want to offend people because well, they're fucking cowards. They don't have, they do not have the courage to actually stand up for the ideology they believe in. Second, second point in this, this is, I swear to God, this is the last thing I'm going to say. <laughs> There was, there was a woman yes. from a far-right militia. Um, I'm not going to say its name because I don't want people looking it up. She was arrested, and in court, she denounced the militia that she was part of. This is to my point of, in private, these people are fucking cowards. Yeah. And they will be respectful because they don't actually believe in their ideology. But when they're talking about it in public... They will, they will misgender people. They will yeah. dead name people. They will do whatever it takes to push their ideology that they are, that, that gives them the popularity that they have. True. And so here in Utah, we had this bullshit bill about transgender girls in sports, right? Like everybody, yeah. all the conservatives are freaking out about like, like transgender girls, like dominating in sports, like yeah. every male sports like player is gonna like become a woman so they can like because sports like, is so, that they so can, like, important right sports ball like, right <laughs> that is not a thing holy shit like I, and so like spencer cox he was our you know con our republican governor. elected he, he's official the, he's the our governor, governor. He's, he's the, governor. the he's new governor, governor. Yeah. after our last republican governor in utah this is not a shock to anybody but Spencer Cox has been in attendance in almost every pride like dinner that That's we've true. ever been to or benefit we've ever been to. Um, and we thought, oh, well, maybe he's just a stand in for the governor. I don't know. Like, you know, so he made a statement uh, regarding this transgender sports bill. Um, he said he wouldn't he sign it. He, he made said me he wouldn't. Yeah. I know it was, it was wonderful. And he said, you know what? If you knew these kids, if you spent time with these kids, you would love them. Yeah. You gotta. You this have is, to know. He is people. a politician, though. He's early yeah. in his term. I, I agree. He's probably agree. hoping people forget the shit by the time he has to get reelected. Yeah, so but, I'm skeptical. But, sure, but it. I, I'm it's skeptical. true. It's fucking true. But but this 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 is what I'm saying. This this is that's compassionism right there. Yeah. That's he is actually looking at an issue, and may, maybe in a couple months he's going to go back on it, and he's going to be maybe. just as bigoted we'll as all the other conservatives. We'll see. We'll see. But right now he's winning a lot of points with liberals and yeah. with more people to the left of him because he actually has compassion. He's actually looking at the issue objectively and he's thinking, what is best for the people that I'm supposed to represent? Right. And so, I am no Spencer Cox fan. So me saying this about him is a big deal. I, I know it's like a million high fives to Spencer killed. Cox, yeah. I heard you make some mean cookies though. But Will, I have yeah. one question for you. Yeah in the end here <laughs> how often does your antifa that. cell meet okay oh so <laughs> thank <laughs> you for listening to thirst impressions this week <laughs> be sure to check out the facebook page yeah. the website we got recipes we've got twitter um, we, we got twitter, twitter thirst pod at thirst pod thirst impressions on instagram it's been fun i'm gonna i wish i was there to tuck kevin in you look, can real, I, cute. I know, you look real cute right now. I'll just I'm tuck a sleepy you in. boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can I just tell you all? Yes. This is the last Just the Tip with Kevin for, for tonight. You gave us the full just shaft the for five minutes, time. though. Yeah, okay. you get the full shaft sometimes, but just the tip a little more. 
um, before I go to bed. Um, <laughs> listen to the credits. Listen to yeah. the credits, friends. Oh, yeah, if you, if you have not you listened, haven't, do it. Last episode, amazing, was incredible, amazing. It's yeah. the outtakes. I'm not gonna make it it, something it's not. I'll just say, I'll just say, okay. Belinda's a gem. That's all. Okay. Oh, dear. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to Thirst Impressions. See you next week. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, friends. Peace out. <laughs> Boom. Fuck Ben Shapiro. And fuck, fuck ben, ben Shapiro. He's such an asshole. asshole. He's such ben an Shapiro. asshole. Should I drink this egg yolk right now? I just wanted to get warm and cozy with it. <laughs> Do you know what bothers me to no end? What? The fact that he's a grown-ass man. He doesn't know that pussies get wet. I mean, god damn it. It's a circle a circle jerk oh. with one person. The circle of jerks. <laughs> it's the wheel of coming. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> no. Stop. <laughs> Stop, <Wait>. Spencer. <laughs> oh, I have this vision of it spurting out of this wheel. Yeah. Yay God. for drinking.